hey, before this episode starts, I just wanted to share with you um, an example of collaboration that happened within my professional network. It was um, me actually doing an interview similar to this with James um, from Corporate Training Solutions Australia. Um, and um, I was in the process of um, creating content on Facebook. And so anyway, um, long story short, after we did the interview and we had a couple of more chats, uh, James um, and Yolanda from Corporate Training Solutions Australia allowed me to use their um, paid Zoom business account, which actually allows me to um, live stream that to Facebook, which you can't do for free. So, um, you know, it came about because I was creating content and I was being proactive and seeking out uh, professional relationships, but um, they could actually see an, a, an opportunity, I guess, to collaborate as well. So Corporate Training Solutions Australia provide professional um, or personal development courses rather and everyday end user software skills. Definitely reach out to them. Um, info at ctstraining.com.au. Hey, so in my uh, episode number two, I'm interviewing um, Todd Pavlou. Uh, we met through LinkedIn here in Brisbane, uh, Queensland, Australia. Uh, I want to say quarter one, 2019. And so we've just intermittently kept in contact. Um, I really like um, his uh, attitude around keeping a positive mindset during this COVID-19 uh, season. So um, he's got some really good insights around that as personal mission, which is family orientated. Um, so yeah, it's really good um, it's really inspiring to listen to someone who's um, goal-oriented like that. So I really enjoyed my time with him and um, hope you guys do too. Alrighty. G'day. Uh, Malaki here. I've got another guest that's joining me, Todd, who I'll introduce in a sec. But uh, just a bit of a preamble. This is sort of my commitment to um, creating free content. And I just feel that you know, there's people out there that um, I know and it's good to just catch up and have a conversation in a professional environment. So um, Todd's um, been very gracious to give up some of his time, even though he's been um, running and he's got his own sort of uh, program and stuff like that, which we'll go to in a sec. But uh, how, how are you going anyway, Todd? Yeah, good. Uh, thanks for having me on. Um, it's always good to catch up with good people and it's been a while since we, we spoke. But uh, yeah, like I think like the rest of the planet, trying to uh, trying to deal with it at the moment. Um, yeah. I was only saying to my partner earlier today that uh, it still kind of feels a bit surreal to me. Yeah. Um, you know, as far as the, the work I was doing prior to the shutdown hasn't really changed. Um, I was still I was working from home before, so nothing's really changed there. Um, yeah, the biggest change for me is the shutting of the borders and the impact that has on my visitation with my kids in Newcastle but yeah um, which is which is um obviously not a positive change but yeah yeah I'm doing okay but it still kind of feels like a bit of a yeah a bit of a dream at the moment or a nightmare yeah. not which one no I'm feeling you mate so I'll just jump straight in there so you mentioned you've already worked from home so that doesn't change for you right like in terms of just your day-to-day -day activity I guess you could say like it's just yeah I guess essentially um I mean prior to that I, I was doing a day on site at a customer uh, customer's site. So yeah, that's changed. And obviously just the freedom to be able to go out and, and engage with people and have meetings and, and um, out face to face, you know, that that's changed, but fundamentally, you know, sitting at home as my home office, that hasn't changed for me. Whereas I think people that have shifted from five days a week, you know, going to the office and coming back, that's a, it's a pretty big shift and it takes time to get used to it. Yes. From my, my, my opinion. 
Hundred percent, mate. And so you've um, you've got about twenty years' experience in. Would you say it's the HR industry, or in terms of just supporting, like um, in a procurement sense, from from um, different types of uh, companies? Yeah, I'd say um, experience predominantly in the labour hire recruitment, labor hire. and yep, then yep. Move, move more into to HR in the last kind of you know twelve to sixteen months. Interesting. Yeah, that's cool. I also saw you've launched um, a new platform, which is called Factor, I think. Yep, um, right. And and really interesting spin on that. I, 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 I like that's kind of part of my limited work experience too. Is now that I'm I've got a little bit of skin in the game. Is it's about relationship, right? And so, um, that that I really like what what you've done there, mate. And so, has any of that sort of work um, been impacted by the state of affairs? Yeah, you know, we we started this project. Myself and my partner started this project. Um, God, you know, roughly about this time last year. Seriously, um, so it's been you know a good you know, good period of time starting to get writing development, working with developers to to build a platform. We're not we're not uh, technical founders, so I, we can't you know I think the terms write alone a code or <laughs> we can't. Um, so yeah, that's been a real experience. So at the moment. There's not a lot of companies out there necessarily with a whole lot of cash they want to spend on yeah. something new. So certainly been an impact in that way, but I'm trying to take it as a, as a positive as well to say, well, this gives us a bit more time to, to refine and improve um, yep. <laughs> and learn. Um, there's a whole list of activities that we still had on our to-do list, and, um, which we're starting to plow through now. Yeah, um, which is which is a, which is the way you got to look at things. I think in this day and age, you got to look at the positives. Otherwise, there's so much negative stuff you can drown in it. Hundred percent, mate. Yeah. Um, just in terms of uh, the industry, I guess. Just back on labour hire, I guess you were saying, like, what's what's uh, one thing that you can see right now that that kind of industry or particular companies they're doing really well. Like one thing that they've just embraced in this season and they've really yeah. been able to pivot very well. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I know that labour hire traditionally has been something that gets pretty heavily impacted um, during these downturns. Um, you know, that's it's it's always the, the the first people in on an upturn and the first people out on a downturn, right? So wow. you, you get, rid of, get rid of your contract staff before you get rid of your permanents in yep. most most environments. Um, so I'm talking to a few colleagues. Obviously, I'm out of the uh, the day to day, but talking to a few colleagues that they've they're starting to see it really drop now. You know, twenty percent wow. declines week on week. So, what are they doing about it? Um, I think the good ones are really investing in their people. They're not taking the the first approach, which is normally get rid of them. Yes, um, they're actually going. Well, no, these are these are our heart and soul. Our businesses, our people, and they're actually investing in in them at this time. Um, wow. And you know, it might come to a point where that's just not feasible anymore, but they're not jumping the gun. Yeah. Whereas others, others that I'm, he I'm hearing about are, are going straight to that bottom line and, and, you know, cutting and burning. And um, I think, I think that's going to have a detrimental impact. Uh, I really do. It's definitely a, it's a fine line. Like you're saying, um, uh, you know, businesses do need to survive, I guess you could say from a financial point of view. So um, I can only imagine like I'm not a business owner myself, but, someone you know who does manage staff i can really be empathetic you know there is, there is a lot of narrative around obviously people losing their jobs but i i'm not really sure about your narrative for you know business owners like they i think they're stuck between a rock and a hard place as well um yeah. you might be able to talk more into that actually given you know you've got a lot of experience in that area yeah i think so and i think a lot of it comes down to you know the margins that you work on as well you know um 
which is where I see, you know, labor hires are traditionally very low margin business, especially if you're in that blue collar space, it's very, it's and it's, you know, if you're getting double, double figure mark, double digit margins, you're doing well. Yeah. Um, so it's not that we've got massive raw chests of, of cash to be able to pull on. So yeah. I get the fact you've got to, you've got to run it lean and, and, and move pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, there's some others that will, that will be a little bit, um, you know, kind of richer off and, and be able to hold a bit longer, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's every business is going to be looked at differently. And you know, I we were talking to a hairdresser the other day, a partner had to um, cancel an appointment and, this lady, even with this um, uh, JobKeeper funding, um, she yeah. said, that's great to be able to get that money to keep people on, but I just don't have demand. You know, that it's fine to keep my staff. Yeah, there's nothing, well. There's nothing for them to do because no one's getting their hair cut. What am I going to have, what am I going to have them do? How can I keep them actively engaged and actually get some um, return on investment for that engagement? That's a very interesting dynamic. Yeah, yeah, never, never thought about that one. Hmm. Well, the way, the, way I look, the way I look at that, and I think it's a, it's a key part right now, is you've got still got a fundamental demand problem where yeah. nothing wants to spend money and jobs are falling. You've got, you might have a supply problem because you bring your staff back, but you've got nothing for them to do. Yeah. Then you could have a logistics problem because they can't come to your, your office because your office is shut. Yeah. And, 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 and what are you going to do with that? You know? yeah. and because if you do bring them and you just say, we'll just sit there on a chair, then you've got a, a, a psychological and mental health issue because nobody wants to come to come to work and not do good work. Yeah, uh, it's kind of this melting pot of you know, four um, four problems that I think the only way to solve them is through education and actually investing in people now to get their skills um, you know, better honed and 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 uh, and improved so that when the time comes to open the doors and get back to to whatever business as usual looks like in post COVID nineteen that they're better equipped for it. Yep. Yep. No, I'm hearing you, mate. No, it's really good insights, mate. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to just change gears a little bit here and uh, I'm going to ask you, what was your first job? Um, you know, how, how did it come about? Were, were you introduced to someone that owned the company or you knew someone in there or it was just potluck? Like how did, how did that come about? All right. So my, my first, first job, um, uh, it's still embarrassing. I, I didn't get a job through high school. I uh, I, uh, I was too busy trying to be a, a football star. So I spent all, all my time either at school or, or training. What kind um, of football are we talking here? Sorry. Just... Rugby, rugby league. Rugby oh, league. rugby league. Not bad. Yep. Yep. No, that's good. <laughs> um, so I was too 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 busy lifting weights and running to go and work at Mac. <laughs> uh, um, so I learned from that. But my first job came through football. So I, I was lucky enough to get a, um, uh, some time at the Newcastle Knights as my, uh, out of high school. Oh, wow. Um, I did three years there and, and the first job I had was through the club, which is a traineeship where they, uh, I basically went from out to schools to teach kids how to pass football, to pass the football and kick the football. And that was fun. There was myself and two of my best mates uh, that, um, you know, we've been lifelong friends since that time. And wow. uh, we used to travel all over the Hunter Valley and, and Newcastle and out into the Greater Northwest to um, basically set up cones and let little kids run, run, run around those cones. <laughs> and a bit of fun. So it was a good, great job as an eighteen-year-old. It was, it was an awesome job. Wow. Okay. What's uh, without going too personal into like age and stuff like that? I'm just trying to remember people that I know, like footy stars from that era. Like, was it around yeah. the uh, Joey Johns era or? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I was there from '96 
9798. Uh, so I was there when they won their first. The Premiership. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. okay. The golden years. Yes. So but I wasn't, I was in for, I was never good enough to play first grade. I, <laughs> I played like the junior grades and reserve grade, but um, yeah, so those guys, uh, those guys were there at the same time that I had my little, little stint. Yeah. No, I love that. I, um, I, I'm pretty strategic in asking types of questions like that because I'm a big believer of, um, you know, tapping into people that we know in terms of like, you know, in our network. So not only for jobs, but just opportunities and not only for yourself, but, um, you know, people can be proactive and make introductions as far as those things go. And it's all, I'm always fascinated to hear like, you know, all those people's first jobs and how it all come about, you know, there's, there's an element of trust sometimes there that, um, I think not, not on purpose, but we just don't, we don't realize it and we don't tap into it more often. Yeah, I agree. Mm. No, that's cool. You, Cause you also, I just back on, we we're talking about it before we started recording on your uh, video that I just saw around your, um, your mission, which is hashtag seven, five, two, four, you, did I get that right? <laughs> yeah. um, you were talking about, I think it was just this morning. It might've been where you're talking about a scenario where, um, it looked like people were, were keeping social distance, right? And, and kind of using an analogy around, look, people, they, they so what, somewhat can be trusted, right? If you, if you yeah. pro- provide the right tools and the right parameters. So I really yeah. like that, that spinner. I think there needs to be a, a lot more of that narrative, um, particularly around like um, work and just, just in general um, from, from, what, from what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Like it, I think it's a universal kind of approach that if you – if you go in with a positive mindset and you actually believe that people um, innately want to do the right thing, mm. uh, whether it be at work, whether it be now that we keep that social distance, I think it's when you start to get it too negative and start to put too many, too much, um, you know, rigor about what are you doing, why are you doing it, etc. It's a human nature is to buck against that. Mm. Right? We all know what it feels like to be trusted and to be, um, you know, given that freedom to do the right thing. Yep. Nine times, 99 times out of 100, that'll happen. You just need to manage the exceptions. Yeah, no, I like that. That's really cool. Um, I guess we're very similar in that regard. So I really enjoyed watching that video. And do you want to talk a little bit more about that, um, your mission, I guess, in terms of, you know, the hashtag 7524U? Like, what's it about? You know, how did it come about? Um, what's the end goal? And how are you, are you progressing, I guess? <laughs> yeah, okay. Mate, the, the, um, so how it came about is I, I live in Brisbane, uh, Queensland. My three three children who are 9, 11 and turning 13 live in um, Newcastle with their mum. And uh, that's 752 kilometres away if you walked it. Um, now, I, I visit regularly, but obviously with all that's going on and border closures and basically shutdowns of travel, um, I basically don't know when I'm going to be able to, um, you know, get there again and, and hold and, and hug and see my kids, which is yeah. probably the thing I'm struggling with the most out of all this process so far. Absolutely. Well, not probably, definitely. Wow. So um, where did, where did the, you know, the, the kind of concept of um, 752 for you comes from? It's 752 kilometers. So basically I'm trying to run over the next hundred days uh, virtually to my kids. So Every um, every day I'm getting up, I'm doing one percent. Um, it's also about setting goals and and um, mental health and physical health, combining all that together. Yeah. Uh, to be able to maybe one day you know show the kids that hey, while dad couldn't be there uh, in person, you know I was there in, in spirit and in heart, and um, you know here's here's some proof of it. Yep. <laughs> um, Love that. But, but it's also there just to to try to promote those three things. That if we all set goals and we all you know strive to do things and 
we combine our mental and physical health, that we can all get through this. Because um, I'm really concerned for my, myself and everybody that the longer this goes, the bloody harder it's going to be. Yeah, 100%, man. Yeah, so that, that's, a, that's the reasons. That's so good. I love that. Um, so what's, so you mentioned, you did, I think it's a daily 1%er. So what's, a, what's 1%? What's a, what's a run for you per day? Uh, so it's eight, eight Ks. So yeah, doing eight, eight Ks every day. Um, yeah, it's also good to get back into it. I used to do, I used to do marathon running a few years ago, and um, but I'm not in that condition anymore. That's for <laughs> sure. <laughs> so back on the kids though. So are they on TikTok by any chance? I'm just throwing you a bit of a curveball there. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think <laughs> what what kid isn't on TikTok at the moment? <laughs> You know, we had that messaging. I was said, I reckon as a 42, 43-year-old, I'm not sure if that's, uh, if that's street legal. It's, it's surprisingly, though, it's, it's gathering a lot of momentum. And um, my wife, she's a teacher, and she uh, teaches grade seven. And she jumped on it purely from the fact that, you know, all of the students are on it. And as soon as she joined and she started doing a bit of videos, all of a sudden, like, they just opened up. Like, all of a sudden, they were kind of on her level. So I think that was pretty strategic for her. And then I sort of just jumped on, too, and... That's kind of been my commitment now, I guess, from a daily basis is if I do a, a dance or a video each day, that's kind of like my exercise. I'm not too disciplined to wake up in the morning and do like a little bit of a workout just by myself because I'm a yeah. bit of a social person. So it's been really good. Yeah. And I, mate, I would definitely implore to, uh, to check it out. It, it, you seem like the right type of person, the personality that could uh, get some dance like routines going. <laughs> I'll have a crack, mate. I'll have a crack. I've seen all that dancing. I just didn't know where it came from. So I'll commit to do that. Uh, I'll do that tomorrow. I'll have a look. <laughs> oh, that's really cool, mate. Hey, I really appreciated um, our time together, mate. Um, yeah, I just I, I admire people that are, are getting putting themselves out there and um, still trying to create a positive vibe and message and stuff. And um, is, is there any sort of closing remarks, I guess? Is there any anyone that's watching this? Um, in my network or your network, is there anything or any any way that anyone could help um, either you or your business um, during this season? Uh, yeah, good, great question, and, th and thanks for the opportunity. From, from my perspective, if anybody had you know 20, 25 minutes of time to hook up like this, uh, for, for for me to, to demo the software um, that we've developed and and the whole ecosystem that wraps around it. Because um, every time I, I get the opportunity to demo the product, I always get another perspective or another another little nugget to be able to go away with to improve it. So, not looking for you know anybody's money or anything like that. Yep. If people can um, you know commit a little bit of time yep. uh, to be able to do that, that'd be awesome. That's excellent. Yeah, no, I love that. Just any, any kind of feedback, and the more you do it, I guess, the more you can refine it too. So that's really cool. I'm definitely going to include all the relevant links and tag you in this post. Um, but I've really enjoyed our time today, mate. Um, I'll send you those TikTok videos too and see, see how we go. <laughs> Might become TikTok friends. <laughs> yes, why not? Why not? <laughs> All the best, mate. Take care and chat to you soon. Thanks, Mikey. See ya.